Good morning, church. That wasn't too bad. <clears throat> My name is Nate. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are still his church. Isn't that good news? Well, we're going to be lively today. Isn't that good news? Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Anyway, we are still his church. We are still the church that started out 2,000 years ago in the upper room, looking over a world of darkness ready for God to move. We are still the church that when God did move and the Spirit fell upon them, they ran out and they shared the good news and thousands were added that day. We're still the church that when persecution came and we got spread out, we took the gospel and the light of Jesus with us and started creating more gatherings and more churches. And we are still the church that planted in Antioch and became the first international body of believers. We are still the church that when Saul was on the road to Damascus and Jesus sent a blinding light knocking him over, we are still the church that welcomed Saul to become Paul in and showed him what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And we are still the church that sent him and others out on missionary jerseys journeys to plant and move on and to plant more bodies and more gatherings and to go and the Roman world, the darkness that was encasing the Roman world was filled with light. We are still that church. Is that good news? See, God has a mission to rescue his creation from darkness, and we are his plan. We are still that church. And when we look back, what did we see in them? What can we see through Scripture? Uh-oh. What can we see through Scripture that they did? And, of course, they were devoted to Jesus. Of course, they followed him in everything that he meant and he did. Of course, but when you look on them as a body together, one word stands out. And that is, they were generous. They were generous in all of their actions, not just the one you think of when you hear that word. And these actions, we're going to look at three today, they're twofold. One, when you're generous with these actions, you change the lives of the people around you. And two, those actions also come back and do a work in you. First thing we're going to look at is the easiest. And they showed up. They were generous with their time week after week. Day after day, they showed up, whether it was in a big gathering at the temple or in their homes throughout the week. They showed up for each other. 
their small gatherings, their home ones, would be like our life groups. They showed up for each other from the beginning, and they never stopped doing it. And Hebrews chapter 10 gives us a great example of this. Verse 24 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. The motivate, it's encouragement, it's to, to spur each other on, some of them says. But it's actually, the word that's used is actually stronger than that. And when we hear this word today, we hear something as a negative. See, the word actually means to incite that's really the weight that it carries. And we think of like inciting riots or something bad, but flip that to something good, incite. To incite means more to just motivate. It's the motivate into action. It's to get people moving. They incited each other to acts of love and good works. And every believer is to bring that encouragement to others, and they are to receive the same encouragement back. Verse 25 says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, one another, one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Some versions I'm using the NLT, some just flat out say, do not neglect meeting together. You are to show up in big rooms and in small. You are to show up. One another is, of course, one another. I'm going to do something I hate right here. And so I'm going to apologize right offhand and say I'm sorry, but I'm going to do this because I feel like it needs it. So ready? Repeat after me. I need the church, and the church needs me, one another. I need the church, and the church needs me. We show up for each other. And in the last few years, a lot of you know kind of what our family has been walking through with medical issues and, and stuff. We have needed our church. I've needed this big body of believers because every Sunday I leave here, I feel encouraged and refreshed and ready to go. And I need my life group week after week because they hold us up. They encourage, they incite us. Now, the thing that happened a couple years ago that wrecked the whole world, this COVID thing. It, it did a couple things on the church as well. And we're recovering for it. As you can see, we've got full rooms again. We're ready to go. But, and I'm not saying this is you guys, average attendance in church is now down to once a month. We cannot one another, each other, and show up once a month. We cannot be the church who God has set out to change the world, to bring light to the darkness and show up once a month. We have to be here week after week. And part of the problem 
is the cameras in the back of the room. A convenience for those times that we couldn't be there and want to still be involved in our church has now became the every week for some people. And you cannot, you cannot get motivated or encouraged through a TV screen. We have to be together. I need the church. Oh, we're done. <laughs> and the church needs me. So let's show up. Let's show up for each other. Number two, they were generous with their time, their talents. They were generous with the talents. They served each other. Not only each other, but they served the community around them. They were all in with their talents because it's what Jesus did. Jesus, in fact, said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Serving brings refreshment to our souls. Proverbs 11.25 says this, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh will themselves be refreshed. And I love when Canicut comes because we get to see them go crazy for a week straight all out, full energy, serving our kids, serving our community, going, 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 and they don't stop all week long. And when you talk to some of them as they're leaving, you ask, how in the world did you just do that? And several of them have talked about what they get, what God does in them, why they're serving others. It's going to be the same as Pastor Dustin talked about when the middle schoolers go to Des Moines. They're going to think that they're going to enrich the lives of others, but in fact, we really do it because it changes their hearts. It moves them towards Jesus. Serving deepens our faith because it's what Jesus did. And Topic number three, this is where I might lose some of you, so sorry now. But they lived with open hands. They lived generously with their money and their possessions because they realized it wasn't theirs to begin with. And this is something very personal to me because I wasn't raised in church. I came to believe in Jesus in my early 20s. And so this was a foreign concept to me. And as I went through life and as I thought I was all in on Jesus and what my church was doing, I had my hands closed and honestly, I kind of had them behind my back because I had excuses for having my hands closed. I had excuses for thinking that those finances were mine. And my main one, maybe some of you have used this one, is nowhere in the New Testament does it say I have to give 10%. And that's true. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say, I have 
to give, but just like every subject that Jesus talks about, if I'm to look at this in truth, Jesus always calls us to so much more than what he called us to in the Old Testament. Always calls us to so much more. And so one day, I'm looking over everything that my church was doing, all the great stuff that was going on, all the the souls being saved and all the, the bondage, the chains that are being broken. It kind of started to hit me. I started seeing budgets and seeing the resources that it took to make all this happen, and I realized that I wasn't a part of it, really. I showed up. I served once in a while. But the work that was being done, the resources needed to move the kingdom forward, I was nowhere involved in. And that's a scary thing to realize with a concept that's so foreign to you. Because as I sat back and I looked at our finances, there's no way. We didn't have it. Not even close. Because we were held in bondage by our finances not always making the best decisions, being drugged down, being trapped. Matthew 6, verse 21 says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. (laughs) Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your body, When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. Where your treasure is, your heart is. And that healthiness, when your eye is healthy. See, they they really thought that light was coming in and filling your body through your eyes. That's what they really thought. And so the health that it is talking about here is actually single-mindedness onto the things of God. It's having your whole attention onto the things of God and not on anything else. When you are fixated on the things of God, you will be filled with his light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is, verse 23, when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if your light, if the light you think, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? And the unhealthy here is double-mindedness. It is trying to pay attention, keep track, and trying to focus on what God wants and where your money is and where your treasures are and all this other stuff that's over here. When you stop, you you cannot do it. You cannot focus on what God has for you and what the world has for you at the same time. You're only going to fill yourself with darkness because you're naturally going to go to the things of the world. 
24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And I know this is heavy. I know this is heavy because this is the journey I walked. For me, this was a gut punch over and over and over until I was able to finally give it over to him. And it was a struggle we couldn't start out for. We wanted to. We actually heard a sermon that Pastor Kent did in California that talked about starting somewhere. And that's what we did. We started at a place that was doable but stretched us. We got involved with Financial Peace University. And what happened immediately is when we focused on what God wanted with us and, and, our, and our treasures, our finances, we started handling them better. They started going to the right places. And things changed for us. We were no longer enslaved to our stuff. Everything's twofold in this. So yes, what it does for us, but also what it does for the church. And we have a pretty incredible next-gen team here. And we we're trying to figure this out this week. But as we went through the last year, and that's Sundays and Wednesdays and camps and Friday night frenzies and anything that our next-gen ministries did, which is birth through high school, we figured out that approximately somewhere between eight and 900 kids and youth came and visited and took part of, in something that we did over the last year. That's incredible. But as you look in those numbers and the explosive growth we've had in our kids in our youth ministries over the last couple of years, one thing has stayed the same, and that's their budgets. We have something that we tout to our community as being one of the main reasons why this church exists. We have not been able to move forward in that area because we've been unable to. We need more people to open their hands in this area, to be a part of what your church is doing. We need you. We need you in all these areas. We need a church full of people that is all in. And you may not want to say it with me this time, but I need the church. And the church needs me. The church needs you to be all in because you cannot sit in these seats and be a spectator for us to move the kingdom of God forward. We are still his church and we have a path to build. That's the bottom line. We are still his church and we have a path to build. Make no mistake, the church that took the Roman Empire, they were all in. They're all in on Jesus. They're all in on the church. They're all in on the community and the, the little mini church that they took part of. They were all in. That's why it exploded. 
They were all in on the mission that God gave them. The only way we can be successful is to be all in as well. Because what happens? What happens to this church, to the next-gen ministries, to, to our partners in that community? What happens with First Call for Help when we're able to start moving up our budget to what we send them? What happens to the pregnancy center when we're able to send them more and more and more because the more and more of our people in our church are going all in? What happens to our community? We are, we are known as a welcoming church. That is one of the things that's talked about is when people enter our doors, we have a host team that kills it and makes everyone feel like they belong. But to be honest, they're doing an incredible job at about half strength. We need about double the amount of volunteers in that ministry to fill all the positions that we feel like we need to fill to make this the best place, the most welcoming place it can be. We need you to serve. And again, one another, we need you to show up. When you walk out today, there's going to be these little cards. You can pick them up. As you're walking out, they're kind of just setting everywhere on the welcome desk. It's got three categories. All in on showing up, serving, and giving. This time we're going we're gonna to do a song, and this is going to be a point of reflection. Do I want to be all in on what God is doing here? And just look at that list. Where am I not all in? And if you can check every box, then great. If you can't, let's make a plan. Let's be all in together. Remember, this is twofold. What happens in you when you go all in? What happens when you're refreshed week after week because you're here serving others and that refreshment that you pour out for them pours back on you? What happens when you show up and as you're one anothering, they're one anothering you and you become excited and encouraged and ready to take on the week? What happens when the bondage of possessions and money is broken in your life? And you're able to turn over that one last thing that you're holding back. What happens? There's never be the same. joining us today. I know this is heavy right now, but I'm going to ask it one more time. And I know I hate it. I hate it too. I need the church and the church needs me. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time.